reason the series is called Chai is not because I'm a chai addict. I don't drink loads of chai, but because the Hebrew word for life is chai. So this week is all about life, and next week is all about life. And so we're going to look at a passage today, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. But just before we read that, I'm just going to pray. Father, I thank you that you said when two or three are gathered together in your name, you are here in the midst. There are three of us here today, Lord, and we thank you that we are so blessed that you are here with us. The fact that you choose to live with us, to live in us, to work through us, to change us from the inside out, to help be salt and light within community and within our context. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would empower us today. We pray you would convict us of our selfishness and our sin and the things that hinder the life change within our lives and within the lives of those around us. Father, so often we don't fulfill the greatest commandment. So often we don't make you the center of our lives. We pray that you would forgive us this day and we pray that you would empower us and transform us and change us by the renewing of our minds today, God. Help us to think different. Help us to see different. Help us to live and be different, Lord. We love you and we want to be just like you because we're your kids. Amen. Amen. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, we have this awesome engagement that we're just going to be focusing on today. This, 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 um, this interaction. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. Now lawyers in their, their society, um, the religious type, they know God's law off by heart. They're the key figures. They're the leaders within their community. And so they put, um, this lawyer stood up to put him to the test saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So there is a really significant question that's at play here. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? So for someone to ask this question... They are either unsure of or do not currently possess eternal life. And so we think this is a question about, about heaven and about hell. And it, it, it kind of is associated with that. But eternal isn't just like longevity. It's not just this infinite amount of time. So life for an infinite amount of time. But it's also the quality. So he's saying in this question, not only is he talking about something which is last forever, but it's also the quality of it. So he's saying, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What shall I do to live really be alive what does it mean to live what does it mean to have life what does it mean to truly be to be me to be who i'm supposed to be and then jesus said to him what is written in the law how do you read it what is written in the law so me we understand law from like this christian church background of like um well elijah and reuben would really understand the law because at home there's a law which says you must not do this like don't do that don't you do that, Elijah. Don't you do that, Reuben. Don't do this. Don't do that. And we see that as the law. But they understood God's law differently. They knew it in the Psalms, it says, to meditate was his instruction day and night. So it's slightly different. So it'd be more like dad's instruction. So dad's instruction would be like, Reuben, tidy your room. And if you tidy your room, it keeps it clean so you can play with different toys better. They don't bang into other toys. You have this space to play in. And the same would be for Elijah. It would be like, you've got Thomas the Tank Engine. But if you have Dora the Explorer and loads of other toys all across the floor, 
there's going to be no room for Thomas to choo-choo along the floor because there's all this stuff in the way. So Dad's instruction would be keep it clean so that Thomas can move freely around the room. So that's how the Hebrew people understood the law. It wasn't just a do or don't. It was like, this is his instruction. So Jesus is saying to him, what's the instruction? Have you checked God's instruction manual for how to live? And then he says the more important question is, how do you read it? So often you can, everyone has this understanding of this particular idea or this particular idea. So for example, the Bible says, don't steal. And so you think about like, don't steal Thomas the tank engine from Elijah. That would be wrong. We don't want to have this kind of, this scenario, this moment where... <coughs> Um, like I've got set time to play with Elijah but then Elijah gets conned out of that playtime because I turn up to your playtime or your birthday party half an hour late and then kind of like I've taken that from him so like the way they would look at the law and God's instruction was not just like um, the idea of stealing is wrong but what does that really mean what things can I steal I could steal time I could steal cars I could steal food I could steal and the practicalities of, of how that works out so he says to them What is written in the instructions and how do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Um, So how do you read it? He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So this guy's asked the question, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, have you read the instructions? Do you know the law? And then he says, how do you read the law? So how do you interpret it? And so this guy says, this is my interpretation. I've got to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind, and my neighbor is myself. And Jesus says to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So Jesus is saying, this is what life is. So if we're looking for a definition of what life is, It's about loving God and loving one another. And the Hebrew people have this word called shalom, which is an important word for you to learn, Elijah. Elijah, shalom. Say shalom. (laughs) He he calls me Gandhi. I've, I've ascended to a great status in life. It's just the best thing that's ever happened to me. I will forever love you for that, Elijah. So he has this moment where he's saying that life defined and he affirms this guy's definition that it's to love God with all that we are but to love one another to love our neighbor as ourself and so these things Jesus affirms by saying you have answered correctly do this and you will live and you would think like the conversation ends there that everything's cool you do this you've got life you you are living you're truly alive and then he says but desiring to justify himself said to Jesus And who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And the reason he asked this question is because there's there's something, there's some stuff going on here that um, if you don't understand their context and their culture, you miss. So the law that this guy is quoting is something in the Hebrew tradition called the Shema. It means to hear. There's a passage in the Leviticus law which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You're to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Now the Shema is the first thing that is taught to young boys. It's the first prayer. It's the first part of God's instruction they learn. They don't learn all the details of the law, what types of clothing to wear. They don't learn all these infinite things. They learn first that you're to pursue loving God. So children would be actively finding out their own expressions and ways to love and to serve God. And then a separate part of the law says that you're to love your neighbor. 
And so this completes all the law, which is why children were taught that in Jewish communities first and foremost, above all things. So the idea is that at a young age, they are living their lives saying, how can I get in on this? It's only adults later learning the final details and like, do this, don't do this, that then start to shift in mentality where the question is no longer, how can I love God? The question is, how can I follow the instruction and do what I want? So it's like, how can I have my cake and eat it? And that's the discussion that's happening here with Jesus. So this guy is saying, okay, so I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, but who's my neighbor? So for Elijah, the question would be, do I really have to love Reuben? Does Reuben have to be my neighbor? Or is mummy my neighbor? And God wants me to love mummy, but God doesn't think I have to love Reuben. And that's what's happening here. But of course you have to love Reuben, because Reuben is so lovable. Look at those cheeks. How can you not love Reuben? There's no question you can't help but see Reuben and go, I love Reuben, because Reuben's awesome. But this guy says, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down to Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who took away all his clothes and beat him up and left him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was walking down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. And then Jesus asks this profound question. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Now, Jesus picks in this particular story, someone deliberately this man would not think as his neighbor. He picks someone as far as he could from who he would define as his neighbor, and says, that's the guy that you've got to love. He picks a guy who serves another, who, culturally speaking, are so far apart. It would be like a broken, um, broken, beaten Romanian refugee and a UKIP member walking by and having compassion upon him and spending and investing money to look after the Romanian he desperately doesn't want to have within his borders. It would be Nigel Farage picking a guy up off the street who he, if he gets power, would kick out of the country and have nothing to do with and wash his hands off. And he loves him. And that is what Jesus says is to be alive. That to be alive is to be at peace with God and to be at peace with your neighbor. And your neighbor isn't fixed and defined how you want it to be. Where I'm like, man, I would totally love Marvin because Marvin is so easy for me to love. Claude, Claude is not in my circle. Claude is all entrepreneurial and businessy, and I am not that. So, I'm not going to love Claude. He's not in my sphere to love. And so with this question, the difference here and what's at play is, the teaching that he starts with is he starts with something this man learned as a child. And the mentality was, how I can find ways to love God 
how I can actively find ways to love those around me. But the adult mentality is how can I avoid it? How can I get around it? And that's why Jesus took a child in another instance and said, if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, if you want to inherit what life is and to truly be alive, you have to be like a child who will play and love other kids without a second thought. Obviously, kids ain't perfect. They fight and stuff. I get it. But they work how to get in while we work how to get out. And so Jesus' call for us this morning is to come to the central focus to look at the greatest commandment, to look at the part of the Bible which is the first thing that is taught to little boys like Elijah and Reuben, when they, or big boys like Elijah and Reuben, when they first start in their relationship with God, is this, that we're to love God with all that we are and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. What I want to ask today of each one of us is that we would take a little bit of time today and pick deliberately who our neighbor is going to be now for me the ultimate teaching here is that your neighbor is the person right there in front of you at any moment so the great call of God here is that it's not a location of your next door neighbor your neighbor is the person you meet and you encounter this causes huge problems for our lives and I've been experiencing it recently so I was walking from here a week ago and I bump into this guy, he wants money and so I take him out and I haven't got money but I just feed him anyway and he didn't even want to have Greg's, like this guy's homeless dude and he's turning his mouth for Greg's, we end up having to go to the kebab place, another guy I've taken to Nando's and it's just like, it gets to the point where you start thinking like, oh man, another girl, although this one was with the church card, it wasn't my money, it was wicked. Um, she desperately, um, she was um, from um, Eastern Europe, desperately in need of money, in need of support. And so I just took her to Sainsbury's and there came this moment where I knew the church funds were crazy low. Like we could not afford to do this. Like buying her shopping meant I don't know how we were going to pay um, to use this premises like on the Sunday. And she's like going around grabbing things and she thinks like Clapham, I'm like made of money, I've got tons of it. And she starts grabbing L'Oreal and this, that and the other. And I'm thinking like, man, I want to put the L'Oreal back and go, here's the budget one. But then as I went to do that, God said to me, you're going to tell her seriously on my budget, on my church card, that she's not worth it. Are you going to tell her that? Are you going to tell her that? And that's the question. Are you and I going to see a person on the side of the road that is not of value to us and we're going to say, L'Oreal, you're not worth it? Are we going to say that of an individual, of a human being? Because if we believe what the scriptures say, which is that everyone is made in the image of God, that means they all have the same intrinsic value as you and I. And that is why in God's law it says we're to love him with all we are and to love our neighbor. And our neighbor is the person who is right there. And as Christians, I felt a lot of guys I've chatted to have fallen into this section and this area where it's like when you see a homeless guy... It's kind of like, he's a drug addict, so I'm definitely not giving him money. Or, I'm not going to buy him food because he probably changes into a suit. I've heard people say the weirdest things. I know he blatantly turns into a suit and then just goes home and lives in like a house in Balham. And I'm like, no, no he doesn't. And we come up with all these reasons why not to love the guy here and there. But if we do that, we become like the priest in the story and we become like the other religious leaders. And the greatest commandment God gives us is to love him. And in that commandment, he expects us to love one another. 
And so today, for the first part of this series, as we look at chai, the Hebrew word for life, what it means to truly be alive, Jesus affirms that to be alive, it means we have to love God and we have to love the person in front of us. This week, as you go to work, as you encounter that boss that you want to DDT for a table, or that person you really want to slap, or that person you don't want to listen to, you don't want to engage with, you don't want to talk to, you don't want to value them, this week I want to challenge us to love them as we love ourselves. Because you know what? There are people that don't want to listen to you either. There are people that don't want to love me either. But thankfully there are people who do. And so the challenge of God is to do that. I'm just going to pray for us. And then we're going to have that moment to reflect because the ultimate call this week is to love whoever God puts in front of us. But sometimes we're really good at sidestepping them. So I want us, as I pray, to think of a person this week that has been a challenge that we're probably going to see again this week. And we are going to love them with the love that God has called us to. Um, Father God, I just pray that you would be with us. I thank you that you say that when we gather together, you're here in the midst. I thank you, Father, that in this passage you met with someone who was very significant in their society, a mover and a shaker, and he had questions about what it means to truly be alive. You've taught us and you've said clearly here that to be alive we have to love God with all that we are and to love our neighbor as ourselves. You've clearly given us a story here which doesn't allow us to excuse anyone from the position of neighbor. Father God, teach us what it means to love you. And teach us what it means to love you through loving those around us that we don't particularly wish to love. Father God, we pray that this week could be an amazing moment where we truly feel like what it means to be alive. And that isn't a winning lottery ticket, but that is loving the person you place directly in front of us. This man here knew what the law said and knew the right instruction, but he still didn't feel alive because he said, What am I lacking? Who is my neighbor? Who is it? And so we pray this week, Father, we would find out what it means to truly be alive as defined by you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the first week of Chai. Next week, we're going to be following up on another area where Jesus talks about life and what it means to really be here in the here and the now. Um, It's all about peace with God. It's all about peace with one another. Um... This is like the most bait passage ever. Like, this is the thing that they teach all Jewish children as soon as they can understand the English language, and they make that the center of it. Um, one of the things in the passage in the Shema, in the law, it talks about in Leviticus, is straight after saying about loving God, it has different ways that you're to, to fulfill it, and not only practically in living it, but it says that it should be a part of our conversation every single day, in the morning, in the evening, when we're out and about. I want to encourage you guys that in your friendships, in your relationships with anyone who has faith in Jesus, to be asking the question and engaging with it. So how are you going to love God this week? It's a brilliant question. And it's a part of his instruction. It's a part of the law. Yet everyone wants to talk about flipping homosexuality, about affairs, and about all sorts of different things. Yet we want to ignore that he instructs us to discuss how to love people every day. And we never do it. We never do it. So this week, get the conversation started. Start talking about love with anyone you know who's a Jesus follower. And start asking them the question, how are you going to love God this week? How are you going to love your neighbor? And allow them to ask you the same question. And as you leave here today, start thinking about how you're going to do it. Because if we don't do it, this is a waste of a Sunday. And I don't want it to be a waste of a Sunday for me or you. Cool. Done. Sweet. So next week, we'll be carrying on looking into that. Also, next week, if, you come, if you're here again next week, so don't run away because I'm going to do this. 
but I want to hear how we have attempted to fulfill the greatest commandment. I want to hear how. I want to hear what happens. If you can't make it next week, you're not off the hook, man. I'm going to chase you up. How did you get on? Because, uh, yeah, I'm going to chase you. I'm going to chase you, Aaron. I'm going to chase you. I'm going to find out how you love Thomas Tank Engine. So, cool. Let's go for it.